Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson coming at you here on Monday, early, early afternoon. Um, I've got more to talk about from the game, Steelers-Bills. And I have five categories I want to throw some names in there. First of all, we're going to do better than expected. Guys that sort of under the radar, but were better than expected. Um, some of them are Bills, by the way. Rough games. I got a, a list there of, yeah, that, boy, that ended up being a rougher game than I originally had thought. And then on the second half of the podcast, I want to talk offensive snap counts, defensive snap counts, special team snap counts. And I think the snap count conversation is really telling because it's you can see how the wheels are spinning in Coach Tomlin's head of why you'd have him out there a lot and, you know, things of that nature. But we'll get to that here in a minute. Um, here's my better than expected list. Muse played really well. I don't view him as a linebacker. I view him as just a special teamer and he's a little straight line-ish and he's got kind of an odd build for linebacker and he was sort of a strong safety at Clemson, you know, that was, could run and he's fast, but again, straight line-ish. Played a really good game at linebacker, you know, so I mentioned the inside linebackers yesterday, all performed well, but Muse was definitely one of the guys, as was Mark Robinson. I mean, we saw the big hit, but I think things are starting to click for him. I think he's starting to process better. I think there's a lot fewer bad plays. You know, he's had plenty of bad plays, you know, where he doesn't quite know where he's going type of deal, but it looks like he's slowly turning the corner. You know, I, I, I thought that was an impressive showing. This guy's got to have a feeling he's going to be pretty steady, Eddie, but another inside linebacker is Landon Roberts. Had a really fine showing. Good football player. Now, I think teams, you know, week one against the Niners in particular, are going to try to manipulate him with the McCaffreys and Kittles of the world, and he will probably have a tough time with that. But I think he handles those things better than Vince Williams does. And boy, when he comes downhill and hits the run or blitzes, he makes an impact. Um, I mentioned... Sullivan again out of the slot, but really good player, a really good game in this one. You know, pretty much is I think solidifying himself as the nickel. Um, Peterson could jump in there, obviously, situationally with Porter on the outside, and Riley I mentioned too has also shown up pretty well. But I think Sullivan is going to be a nice addition for them. I mean, it's going to be worth the money they gave him. You know, solid player. And then there were three Bills that showed up more. After further review, and some of them are important to these guys. Greg Rousseau, who was on a tear as a pass rusher, and then got hurt the same game that Von Miller was out for the year. So everyone just assumed, oh, Rousseau can't do anything without Von Miller. Well, it was also because he was fighting a high ankle sprain the whole time. So he might be a keeper. Uh, a linebacker I liked a lot in this draft, Dorian Williams. I was, you know, We talked about him pre-draft for the Steelers. He showed up really well for them. I could see him maybe pushing for a starting job. And a guy I've been hard on but tortured the Steelers last year, Gabe Davis, who also played with a lot of injuries last year, also looked quite good. So here's my rough games you know, list. And several of them are kind of important here for the Steelers. And I thought Rudolph didn't play very well. You know, if you just isolate how Rudolph threw, how he handled things, I didn't, I wasn't super impressed. Uh, I'm not worried about him. He's going to make the team. I mean, same is true for McFarland. Uh, you know, we saw him running into a wall at the one-yard line time and time again and couldn't get in. 
that was a little unfair because we know that's not his game and they just wanted to see if he could do it and will his way in. But overall, I didn't think he made a lot of space for himself. I didn't think he created much after the after first contact. So not the best showing by McFarland. Uh, a guy I've been picking on, LaRaven Clark, if you just isolate on him too, I, I, I can't imagine him making the team at this point. I mean, he had a rough go of it. Um, Dotson's run blocking was part of the problem as the game went on as well. Just was not moving people, was getting beat in the run game. And I think he's better in protection than the run game in general, even though his body type wouldn't imply that. Now, the guy I've been rooting for didn't show great either in the second half, and that's Fahoko in the nose. So if it really coming down to if it comes down to him or Adams, this did not help his case. And then there were a couple bills that are also prominent. Kair Elam, the Steelers picked on him. He was a first round pick just a year ago. And the way that they were using him and out when much as he was out there, it looks like they're worried about him and he needs all the reps he can get. Matt Milano is a really, really good linebacker, but this just wasn't his best day. Chalk it up to preseason, whatever. And then the right tackle, Spencer Brown, played a lot. And the Steelers were whipping on him time and time again. They're counting on him to be a starter at right tackle. So that right tackle spot would worry me quite a bit if I were the Bills. Uh, Be back in a moment, and we will talk snap counts. All right. So these offensive snap counts, obviously they're influenced by the ones being so good. You know, that I'm almost certain Tomlin after the game said, we saw enough out of the ones, they were dynamic, get them out. You know, so because they drove down the field so easily, someone else there has to play the remaining 50 minutes of the game or whatever. So overall, there were 66 offensive snaps. And Kendrick Green played 54 of them. Like, basically, as soon as Cole came out of the game, Green, you're the guy. And as we talked about, I don't think it went particularly well. So, they want to see as much as they can from him. He seems to keep failing those tests, especially on game day. Now, I thought I found this one really interesting. Gunnar Olszewski played 51 of 66 snaps. I think he is very, very bubble. And... Therefore, let's get as much data as we can on him to either yay or nay him as for the final 53. I thought he played pretty well, you know, so that's good. A, a lot of these guys on the high snap counts are going to be your offensive linemen, your second string offensive linemen, because again, you don't want to throw out the guys that have no chance. But Broderick Jones played 45. He was the third highest snap count guy on offense. McCollum played 37. Dunkel and LaRaven Clark played 34. Cody White played 32. And I think he's in a sort of similar boat as Gunner. You know, that you want to see a lot of them. Um, he, he played well. Uh, Cook, the tackle, and Spencer Anderson each played 31. So a lot of those guys are the second string O-line, you know, borderline roster guys. Probably certain, I'm sure some of those names I mentioned will end up on the practice squad, especially the linemen, you know, Maybe Cook, Dunkel, those type of dudes. Um, defensively, there were 60 snaps defensively. Pierre played 37, which 
I don't really have a strong take one way or another why he would be the defensive leader. Um, Kenny Robinson and Muse were next, 31. And again, I think both those guys are, we want to see as much as we possibly can on them. You know, I think that's absolutely the case on both those players. And I mentioned Muse was successful. Perilous is a guy I'm kind of hoping finds his way on the practice squad. He played 30 snaps. Makes me think they want to see as much as possible about him. Herbig and Loudermilk chipped in with 27. Thompson and Quan Alexander played 25. Porter and Chris Wilcox, a safety we haven't talked about a lot, uh, each played 24. So not a huge takeaways there, but I do think Kenny Robinson, Muse, Perilous are guys they want to just get more information on. Now, I find this interesting, too, is snap counts on special teams. There were only 11 possible, and Mark Robinson, Kenny Robinson, and Riley were all 11 of 11. Now, do we think all those guys are guaranteed to make the team? No, I think Mark Robinson will. I think Kenny's on the border. I think Riley's on the border. So, what do we need to do? We need to give Danny Smith as much data as he possibly can to say, yeah, I think that guy can be one of my core special teamers. So I would expect that to happen on Thursday as well. All three of those guys to play every special team snap. And then there was five others that played 10. And these are the names you'd expect. Herbig's going to be a core special teamer. Hayward, Boykin, Killebrew, Muse. So exactly who you'd think. You know, I mean, like those are the guys, maybe it surprised me Pierre's not on that list, but he also led the defense and snap. So maybe that's... That adds up, you know, let's not tax the guy too much. So I thought there was a lot to take away there. If you're going to be a high special team snap count guy in the preseason, obviously that's on purpose. And Danny's probably requesting, I need to see as much of these guys as I possibly can. And and then I'll either stand on the table for him or not to help me on game day week one. So good stuff there. Um, probably to turn the page on Steelers bills now. Um, I don't know what the plan is here for the next day or two. So I'll create, I'll come up with something and then we'll preview obviously Steelers Falcons some things to look for. And that's a wrap. All right. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.